millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Soccer Radio, the Germans are coming. World Soccer Talk Radio coming to you live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Looks like Jurgen Klopp is indeed coming to Liverpool. Sepp Blatter and Michel Platini have both been suspended for 90 days at FIFA, but we're talking all about the CONCACAF Cup today. Everybody is descending on Los Angeles. I love it. It feels like one of those old rock and roll festivals, like the old Woodstock documentary as all the bands are showing up. Every top journalist, every broadcaster, all the network trucks, anybody that means anything in relation to USA or Mexico is descending on Los Angeles right now. And, of course, the two biggest bands at this concert would be the U.S. men's national team and El Tricolor. And Mexico are arriving in Los Angeles tonight and talking all about the Mexican national team. We've got two of ESPN FC's finest on the show today, Cesar Hernandez and Tom Marshall. We'll be talking all about the party-like feel going on here in Southern California, the complexities of this rivalry, the history of this rivalry, and we'll snap right back in to the present moment. And I want to talk about the key matchups with Cesar and with Tom, the key matchups in this game, potential weaknesses on the Mexican side. You might remember back on Tuesday, we had Jeff Carlisle and we talked about potential weaknesses and openings on the U.S. side. Let's see what uh, Cesar and Tom have to say about Mexico and, and how strong they are coming into this thing. And we'll talk about the potential legacy of Tuca Ferretti. That's right. He knows it's his last game in charge, his last of only three games in charge as the manager of the Mexican national team. And if he wins, if he wins this thing, and then Juan Carlos Osorio, who's already been hired, takes over and does his thing. Think about the legacy of Tuca Ferretti, of that one game, that, that feel for the rest of his life of, oh, yeah, that one game out of three, last one I coached for Mexico. <laughs> Not bad. Beat the U.S. in the Rose Bowl. It is a great time down here in Southern California. Again, coming to you live from the Small House Studios in Hollywood. Everybody having a good time out at U.S. practice the last couple days out in Anteater Country in Irvine. We'll be heading to Pasadena tomorrow, checking out the Rose Bowl the day before the match. And tonight, heading out to Santa Monica for dinner at Robin Burt's house. And rumor has it that Nick Webster's showing up. That's right. Fans of last year's World Soccer Talk Premier League podcast, we're getting the band back together. We'll see what happens. Could be rough. CONCACAF Cup is what we're talking all about on the other side of this break. Cesar Hernandez with us. Stay tuned. the world 
Sports Best Matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Hey, I have rhythm. I love to dance, and I've been told that I dance pretty well. But I'm also totally blind, which means that sometimes my circadian rhythms can get totally out of step with the world around me. Circadian rhythms are regulated by our internal master body clock. But because I can't perceive light, my body clock simply doesn't know what time it is. This can have me wide awake in the middle of the night and fighting to stay awake during the day. That can affect relationships and make it difficult to be productive at work. And it can make every day a real challenge. It's not my imagination. It's called Non-24, and it affects up to 70% of people who are totally blind. So if you're like me, you're not alone, and there is hope. Call 855-856-2424 today, or visit learnmorenon24.com to find out more about Non-24. Because learning more about Non-24 is the first step to getting your rhythm back. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Geico applauds your inner park ranger. Mother Nature appreciates the part of you that knows the difference between the red-bellied and the three-toed woodpecker. Geico also has specialized agents who admire your gusto for the great outdoors. Agents who help with more than just car insurance. These Geico agents can insure the RV that will take you and the whole family cross-country. The RV that makes National Forest synonymous with happy place. So what are you waiting for? 180 types of woodpeckers are ready to be identified. Geico for your RV. See how much you could save. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you. My name is Nada Barea. Pleasure and a privilege to be with you. Thanks for making this show a part of your daily plans. However, you may be listening on the Sports Byline Network of Affiliates or via podcast form itunes tune in stitcher iHeartRadio, and worldsoccertalk.com talking all about the Concacaf cup and it is a pleasure to welcome in now of espn fc cesar hernandez cesar thank you so much for joining us how you doing of course of course doing well um you know prepared for the match mentally but you know still gotta get ready for the flight i've yet to even pack that's something i have to get on today for my early flight tomorrow morning <laughs> 
Well, dude, it, it's I, I talked about this in the opening. It's like a big party right now that everybody over the last like three days is slowly but surely descending on Los Angeles. And tonight I, I, I compared it to like a big rock and roll festival. Well, there's two really important bands at this festival. It's the U.S. team and it's the Mexico team and Mexico showing up tonight and a lot of uh, Mexican press uh, uh, coming as well tonight and tomorrow morning. But but talk about that. You haven't gotten here yet, but I know you're buzzing for this trip. It's got kind of a party feel right now here in Southern California as everybody's coming in for this thing. Almost definitely. But now I'm just kind of thinking about Rafael Marquez and Michael Bradley, you know, and some sort of band, rock band, and I'm a little confused. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, just really excited. Um, yeah, most I, what, what kind of music? Uh, if Rafael Marquez and Michael Bradley were in the same band, what are we thinking? I don't know. I feel like they would do, like, classic rock covers, just because, you know, I think Rafa's kind of an older guy. I could see Rafa, you know, he had a little bit of a longer hair back in the day. Not like old rocker status, but he definitely had a little bit of longer hair. So I could see him being in, like, an old cover, like, you know, rock band. Like a, a 70s cover band featuring uh, Rafa Marquez. And, and then, like, the, the more punk variety, we'll, we'll have Bradley uh, singing, singing the leads on those with, with the skinhead look. Hey, so... Uh, <laughs> What are you most excited about in regards to this thing? Because there's so many different storylines coming into this. We, we, we could start in a million different places. I want to just throw it right to you. What are you personally most excited about uh, in this edition of, of this rivalry? Perhaps the most unique USA-Mexico showdown in, in modern history. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think the first thing to really bring up is before we even go to the match, it's just you know the, the pregame atmosphere, which is always exciting. I mean, just from a Mexico perspective, you know, it's almost like it's a huge celebration of just Mexican culture. It's a huge celebration of just fans showing up hours early, you know, cooking carne asada, you know, listening to banda, listening to mariachis. And it's, I think that in itself is sometimes, as you mentioned, it's kind of like it feels like, you know, like it's two rock bands. Like it's almost like this huge venue where, you know, it's a huge event in the L.A. area. And I think that is something to actually take into consideration is just, the anticipation, of, the anticipation of the match is, of course, exciting, but the pregame atmosphere is just as entertaining. Unfortunately, sometimes even more so entertaining than some of the matches that we see between Mexico and the United States. But I think this match, you know, with the stakes being so high with uh, a ticket to the Confederations Cup, I think we will undoubtedly see uh, a stepped-up performance from both sides, not just Mexico, not just United States, from both sides. So it's going to be very, very intense. It's going to be exciting. I'm genuinely looking forward to that. I'm going to probably be there about five or six hours early just to really just be like a sponge and absorb all of that excitement about the game. A journalist by the name of uh, Pablo Morales wrote a uh, great article in The Guardian recently. And within that fantastic article that, that talked about the complexity, the cultural complexities of, of this USA-Mexico rivalry, there were a couple of great quotes in that article from a man by the name of Cesar Hernandez. Now, <laughs> I want to talk to you about this and some of the things that you said in that article in the Guardian, oh, oh, yeah. you are you are born in East L.A. You grew up with Chivas and Mexico jerseys all around you. You've also been close to American soccer growing up in California. Personalize yeah. this thing, Cesar. What does this rivalry mean to you as as a soccer fan and as a human being? Tell me. I mean, if we're just going going past me, like not just being a journalist, but just deep down Mexico soccer fans. I mean, as I mentioned, it's just something I grew up with. I think that's something that a lot of Mexican-Americans grow up with, is that, you know, soccer is such a significant and vital part of growing up. It's not just something that's on the side. You know, I, 
as I mentioned, I like I was born and like I constantly had you know tiny Mexico jerseys that constantly dawned upon me <laughs> by my father and my parents. So because of that, you kind of see the U.S. men's national team as kind of as the bad guys in a way, for lack of a better word of really phrasing it. You know, and especially when I was growing up, you know, as a kid in the '90s, that's when the U.S. really started to amp things up. Before the '90s, USA-Mexico rivalry wasn't really much of a rivalry. It was just you know, it was just Mexico just winning constantly match after match after match after match. But it was in the early 90s that the U.S. men's national team really started to step up. And they really started, you know, in the, in the generation of Alexi Lalas, those American players, they really started to show that they were forced to be reckoned with. They were not some joke. They were, you know, a true team to compete in the CONCACAF region. And because of that, you know, at that time when I was watching when I was a kid, you know, things really started to heat up within the match itself. And you can see, you know, there's this great article that uh, Tom Marshall and Jeff Carlisle um, put out where they interviewed a bunch of, uh, you know, the players from the 90s, from the, uh, from the U.S. and Mexico. And you can truly see that there is this animosity that grew, and that kind of permeated through to the fans as well. And since, so it's, since then, you know, it's just always been a part of my childhood. It's always been a part of my life. So because of that, you know, there's always been this resentment as me as a Mexico fan to the U.S. men's national team. I think we've grown through, of course, respect the U.S. men's national team. Of course, they're not, they're not some team that, you know, like an easy defeat. You know, you, we have to recognize that the U.S. men's national team is significantly better. And at times, it's difficult for me to say, I have to recognize when the U.S. men's national team is actually better than the Mexican national team. But it's, it, yeah, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you referenced that oral history uh, from from uh, Jeff Carlisle and Tom Marshall. We had Jeff on the show back on Tuesday, and Tom's uh, going to be on uh, later on in in this program today. And there was one line in there from there's so many great stories told by by former players who have been a part of this thing, and especially that that period that you talk about in the '90s. But Casey Keller. Uh, actually said in this article, one of his quotes was that, and I, I bring it back to this game that we're you know anticipating here, which is at the Rose Bowl, and you talk about growing up in in Southern California in East LA. Casey Keller says, you know, the whole thing about Azteca and the intimidation of Estadio Azteca. He goes, Azteca, nothing compared to playing Mexico in LA, and and the intimidation and the downright nastiness that that he would experience playing against Mexico in the the LA Coliseum or what might uh, be coming in the Rose Bowl on Saturday, or going back even to the the 2011 uh, Gold Cup final. Talk a little bit about that and why you think Keller feels that way. That there's actually more of a Mexico home field advantage advantage and intimidation uh, type feel when they're playing in L.A. as opposed to the storied grounds of Estadio Azteca? Oh, I think I've, I've talked about this a little bit. I believe it's, it's a cultural thing. You know, when there, there's a significant, you know, Mexican, Mexican-American population out here in the United States, and especially, you know, as everyone knows, in Southern California. So because of that, when these games happen, especially, you know, when Mexico is playing, plenty of people such as myself, we see that as a huge cultural celebration. We see that as there is nothing that can really compare to that. You know, there, you know, of course, there are festivals that happen, you know, and there's, you know, in September, there's stuff for Independence Day for Mexico, you know, especially in the L.A. area. But there's nothing that can really compare to a, Mexi- to a Mexico game. You'll get tens of thousands of Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, you know, this is myself there, celebrating our culture, and it's up against the United States, which is, you know, as, as I've mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's the rivals. It's, it is the most detested team 
since the 90s. And through that, too, there's a lot of political things that are underlying through that as well when there's a match between Mexico and the United States. So there's, there's a, emotions get high. You're, you're at the same time, you're, you're, you're proud of who you are. And for a lot of people, that's, that's one way to really celebrate who you are, where you came from. And it's, and it's exhilarating, it's exciting. And because of it, it leads up to this big match, and uh, people just get intensely and injustifiably intense during these matches and excited. Hope you're enjoying this out there, listening to yours truly, Nate Abarea and Cesar Hernandez. We're talking about the culture of this USA-Mexico rivalry. We'll talk about the match itself and a little bit more about those political undertones that Cesar speaks of on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, USA-Mexico. Let's go. and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Geico applauds your inner park ranger. Mother Nature appreciates the part of you that knows the difference between the red-bellied and the three-toed woodpecker. Geico also has specialized agents who admire your gusto for the great outdoors. Agents who help with more than just car insurance. These Geico agents can insure the RV that will take you and the whole family cross-country. The RV that makes National Forest synonymous with happy place. So what are you waiting for? 180 types of woodpeckers are ready to be identified. Geico for your RV. See how much you could save. Hey, I have rhythm. I love to dance, and I've been told that I dance pretty well. But I'm also totally blind, which means that sometimes my circadian rhythms can get totally out of step with the world around me. Circadian rhythms are regulated by our internal master body clock. But because I can't perceive light, my body clock simply doesn't know what time it is. This can have me wide awake in the middle of the night and fighting to stay awake during the day. That can affect relationships and make it difficult to be productive at work. And it can make every day a real challenge. It's not my imagination. It's called Non-24, and it affects up to 70% of people who are totally blind. So if you're like me, you're not alone, and there is hope. Call 855-856-2424 today, or visit learnmorenon24.com to find out more about Non-24. Because learning more about Non-24 is the first step to getting your rhythm back. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. See the world's best matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app. Get the games. 
get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Where are you from, mate? Just around. World Soccer Talk Radio here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Avarea, joined by Cesar Hernandez of ESPN FC and Tom Marshall of ESPN FC will be with us a little bit later in the show. All right, we talked all about the culture of this rivalry in the last segment. I want to continue that conversation here in a few minutes, but we got to talk about the match itself. Say sorry. Oh, yeah. Throw it right. Yeah. I'm going to throw it right to you. I mean, we we got to actually head to the Rose Bowl and, and talk about some some soccer on the pitch here. Give me two matchups that you're really looking at in this game. They could be individual. They could be head to head, player on player. They could be midfield versus midfield, front line against back line. The coaches. Give me the two matchups that you're really focusing on. Here's where a couple of days away from this big game. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind immediately is Michael Bradley taking on Mexico's midfield. Michael Bradley, he's the captain. He's, you know, to me, he, he personifies, you know, the U.S. men's national team right now, you know, with his tenacious play in the middle of the field. And he, and you can tell, and, you know, although he is, you, you see him struggle every now and then, and maybe he isn't the same form that he was when he was in Europe, but when he plays against Mexico, he really steps it up. And you can tell he, earlier, I believe it was earlier this week, he posted a, a photo on Instagram of him. I think it was him, like, in Chicharito. They're up against each other. And it looked like, you know, of course, they were saying some nasty stuff to each other. And he had just a 2 nothing scoreline, you know, the infamous Dosa Cero that really gets to the core of Mexico fans. So that is, I think that's the big, big matchup right there is Michael Bradley, you know, this excellent distributor of the ball in the middle of the pitch. And, and if Mexico wants to find success against the U.S. women's national team, they're going to have to shut him down there. They're going to have to find one, maybe perhaps just two central midfielders who are going to have to focus on Michael Bradley in the middle of the pitch. Cesar, I remember a friendly back in April of 2014. It ended up as a 2-2 draw. U.S. actually had a 2-0 lead, and it was uh, Miguel Herrera was just getting going with Mexico. And, and it was a great Herrera quote after the game. He said, in that first half... Michael Bradley was the best player on the planet. One of the best performances for 45 minutes that I've ever seen. You go back to 2009 with Michael Bradley, really the game that that cemented himself as a G for the USA, cemented himself as a true badass in the U.S. midfield. And that was February of 09, the, the Dos Acero in Columbus in the Ohio monsoon at Crew Stadium. And he scores both goals in a, in a Dos Acero USA fiesta. We've also seen Michael Bradley, when it's not against Mexico over the last year, just look as far to the opposite end of the spectrum as any of us could even fathom. We've had people on this show who specialize in coverage of of the U.S. team who say that Clint Dempsey and Michael Bradley can't play together, that, that that's what's bringing down Michael Bradley. We've heard other reasons why Michael Bradley ha- has regressed in some people's views, but here we go. It's Bradley against Mexico, and you reference that personal history with these head-to-head matchups with Mexico. What's it going to take for us to see that Michael Bradley on Saturday in I mean, Pasadena, what, Cesar? I mean, luckily for Bradley, Mexico's starting defensive midfielder, Jose Juan Vasquez, he is injured right now, which is going to be a blow 
to the, to the to the Mexican national team because Vasquez he was a tenacious small he was a small little guy you know he was a, you know, a small little midfielder but he was just a tenacious defensive you know presence in the midfield for Mexico and I think he was somewhat of an underrated player in that position with him injured and gone you're going to have to have a player like Jonathan dos Santos who is an excellent distributor of the ball he's a great attacking player but he's probably going to have to take over and he's the problem is he's not nearly as skilled defensively as Vasquez. So with that right there, Bradley's probably extremely excited. I, I bet the true winner of, uh, of Vasquez being injured for Mexico is Bradley. Bradley's probably excited, and this opens up a huge opportunity for him to take part of the, to take apart the midfield. That being said, Mexico may want to try to put in a second midfielder, but at this moment it looks like if Rafael Márquez is healthy, for, for the national team, it looks like Mexico is probably going to play a 5-3-2 formation with Jonathan Dos, you know, the key job to take control of the midfield and take away possession for Michael Bradley. Got to love that 5-3-2. It's been played by Mexican national coaches who have nothing to do with one another, guys who are, the, are their own individuals and have been club managers and run other systems. What's the deal with the 5-3-2 historically uh, with Mexico, in your view, Cesar? Well, the, the thing is, it's, it's Pio Correra, the last coach, who really started to, to push for it. Um, before that, with Chepo, you would see you know, Jose Manuel Chepo de la Torre you would see a little bit more of a 4-4-2, a 4-2-3-1, you know, mostly a four-man back line. But it was Pio Herrera who brought in uh, that five-man back line who really pushed for it uh, for Mexico recently. I think the current interim manager, uh, Ricardo Tugaferretti, I think he prefers a little bit more of a four-man back line. But with the options available and with Mexico's familiarity with the five-man back line, I think they're going to want to push for that. But that being said, I personally think I might prefer a four-man back line with uh, more of a 4-3-3 and just crash, you know, just go forward and just go full force against the U.S. men's national team. But I highly, I highly doubt we'll see that. I remember rotating even even in, in the Mexican League in the 90s and, and seeing various big teams, seeing, seeing Chivas, uh, you know, off and on, seeing other teams. I, I've never seen a, a footballing culture that embraces this particular formation more than Mexico. It, it's kind of mind-blowing. And if, if it's used in the right way, I think back to the USA, and there's actually a player on the U.S. side that a lot of people go, oh, well, what's the right way to use him? There's so many different ways that he could be used, and he's, he's regressing in this way. He should advance more of this way and I speak of DeAndre Yedlin and if DeAndre yeah. Yedlin could play in a 5-3-2 formation I think that's a formation that would fit DeAndre Yedlin oh so well being able to play as an attacking right back who gets to actually fly up and down the lines but there there, there is an emphasis on that there, there's an emphasis on on fullbacks on guys attacking wing backs and stuff like that and it, it's really it I, I I've seen it for so long in Mexican culture and, and just to, to wrap up this conversation if, am I crazy or are there other people in the world who embrace the five three two, or is it really kind of a Mexican thing? No, I've definitely seen it abroad in, in Europe. I don't, I don't think it's really the perfect. Per, per, I don't really see it that much in Mex, Mexico. There. I mean, right now there aren't very many teams in Liga Mekis in the domestic league who use a five three two. Most use a four man back line, and that actually kind of presents a problem for the national team. Is that you have players coming in who are comfortable uh, with a four man back line but are suddenly having to play this five-man back line. Even, you know, Miguel Layun, uh, who's, you know, justifiably a starter in the Mexican national team and a key component of that five-man back line because he's a left wing back, 
right now with Porto, he's playing with a four-man back line. So uh, as of right now, it actually, as I mentioned, I think there's just a – Duca is probably going to use it because the players are the national team players are familiar with it. But the problem is right now in Mexican soccer, in Liga Mekis, you see more of a four-man back line. And I, I think – I think Mexico may have to adopt a different style. I think right now why they love the 5-3-2 is just because that's where Rafa Marquez excels. As that, he, he plays like a quarterback <laughs> back there with the long passes. Well, and, uh, and Cesar, one of the points that you made there, it's actually something we've talked on the show uh, about quite a bit, and it's the... The uh, let's just say the focus on attacking uh, in in Liga MAX, and we even brought up a comparison to Major League Soccer, and how is this helping uh, the the advancement of defenders and the development of defenders and a Mexican defender playing in Liga MAX, this league that it seems like all these teams are designing to just have these insane attacking games that are so beautiful for a neutral eye and so fun to watch. And we've seen that in in Major League Soccer actually uh, earlier. This season, where people are kind of wondering, man, how are how are defenders developing in this league? That's a that's a conversation that we could carry on to another show and talk about the development of defenders uh, in USA and uh, in Mexico and in both leagues at MLS and at Liga MAX. We got two minutes left here with you, say so. I've really enjoyed uh, enjoyed the time here with you. And you bring up the name Tuca Ferretti. It's his last game in charge. I mean, this is it. it it's, it's for all intents and purposes. There's, there's no huge pressure on his shoulders. He gets to really just go in and, and do it in, in whatever way that he wants. And he, he's been humorous in press conferences recently. If he wins this thing, if Mexico win this thing and he's the victorious manager, what's the legacy of Tuca Ferretti going to be, Cesar? I mean, it's the legacy. I mean, he has one more game on the 13th, technically, against uh, Panama. But you can see this. I mean, it, this is basically almost like his last match that truly matters. Because <laughs> he, he just has a short contract just for four games with the national team. I mean, I guess the legacy of Duca is that he's always been in the conversation uh, for being a Mexico manager. You know, he's always been an option. You know, when people think about, you know, with the immense amount of change, that has been with the Mexican national team with managers. He's always been the back of people's minds. You know, he he's a he's a conservative coach who likes organized football. And sometimes I feel Mexican soccer does mean that. the The problem is, according to him, he turned down an offer to have a complete full time, you know, just to, to actually take control of the national team, not just for an interim position, but leading up to the next World Cup. So what's going to happen? The problem with if Duca does win this match this Saturday. And then we go over to Juan Carlos Osorio, who's going to be the next Mexican national team coach. If Osorio just has a couple mistakes, people are always going to wonder what could have been if Duco maintained his role as manager. It's a great point. It's a lot of a lot of pressure on uh, on Juan Carlos Osorio as he as he watches this game from the stands or on TV. I don't know the the exact plans uh, for Mister Osorio, but talk about an awkward position to kind of be watching this thing, watching this massive match uh, featuring the national team that you are now heading and you're not on the sideline for it. It's just got so much funkiness to it. I absolutely love it. Cesar Hernandez of ESPN FC. It's been great having you on the show. Travel safe, and uh, we'll you. See, you, see you at the Rose Bowl on Saturday, bud. Yeah, see you there. Thanks for having me on. Again, that was Cesar Hernandez. Check out his work with ESPN FC, another fantastic ESPN FC writer specializing in coverage of the Mexican national team. We'll be with us on the other side of this break, Mr. Tom Marshall. Stay tuned. World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I tried. I tried.
Hey, I have rhythm. I love to dance, and I've been told that I dance pretty well. But I'm also totally blind, which means that sometimes my circadian rhythms can get totally out of step with the world around me. Circadian rhythms are regulated by our internal master body clock. But because I can't perceive light, my body clock simply doesn't know what time it is. This can have me wide awake in the middle of the night and fighting to stay awake during the day. That can affect relationships and make it difficult to be productive at work. And it can make every day a real challenge. It's not my imagination. It's called Non-24, and it affects up to 70% of people who are totally blind. So if you're like me, you're not alone, and there is hope. Call 855-856-2424 today or visit learnmorenon24.com to find out more about Non24. Because learning more about Non24 is the first step to getting your rhythm back. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Looking to break away this fall? Visit the sun-soaked bayside town of Tiburon, located just minutes from San Francisco. The Lodge at Tiburon is steps from the ferry docks and nestled among Tiburon's upscale boutiques, charming cafes, and unique galleries. Dine at the award-winning Tiburon Tavern, serving innovative dishes prepared with ingredients grown in our very own garden. Fall rates from $199 a night. Join us at the Lodge at Tiburon and create long-lasting memories. For reservations, call 1-877-614-6068 or go to Lodge at Tiburon. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. Football season is back, and this time around, it's all about you, the fan. Thanks to Rebel.tv, now you can call the action for your favorite college and pro teams for free. It's your team, so why not give your fans your call? Just mute your TV and provide your own play-by-play or armchair commentary. Or listen to other fans like you who love your team as much as you do. With Rebel.tv, you can create and enjoy sports broadcasts created by fans on your desktop, through your iOS, Android app, or through your mobile browser. So blitz the booth this football season and go to Rebel.tv to schedule a broadcast today you're listening to world soccer talk radio with your host Nada Barrett on the sports byline broadcasting network world soccer talk radio back here with you sports byline itunes tune in stitcher iheart radio world Special hello to the men and women listening overseas via the American Forces Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Pleasure and a privilege to be with you on these soccer airwaves that we love so much. And ESPN FC has been oh so kind to us this week. Just had Cesar Hernandez on the line talking all about this USA-Mexico game. Had Jeff Carlisle on the show back on Tuesday. And the, the ESPN FC kindness continues here in uh, this segment with Tom Marshall joining us. Tom, how you doing? Are you are you in Los Angeles? 
I am there, yeah. I'm uh, I'm here. I, I arrived two days ago, and uh, yeah, just uh, excited, really excited about Saturday's game, and uh, you know, can't wait for it to to get underway, really. Now, Tom, uh, we we referenced in the last segment that oral history uh, that you and Jeff Carlisle put together for ESPN FC, and and if you out there listening to the show haven't had a chance to check that thing out, get on it right now if you were around in the 1990s you're going to read this thing and you're going to start reliving all of these games Alexi Lalez is going to get kicked in the groin again there's going to be heartbreak there's going to be glory you are going to start reliving these things like you're there again I enjoyed that article so much and I want to just ask you as someone who who was a part of creating it and, and we talked about this with Jeff the other day what were what were your favorite parts of of putting this thing together? It seemed like such a fun piece to write. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just you know talking to these, obviously the the players. The I, I did the Mexican side, so you know I was I was getting in contact with those guys, and I don't know, just just speaking to them, reliving it, and obviously you know getting their opinions on 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 the rivalry then and and the growth of the rivalry really because. I think we forget. I mean, everybody's so focused on Saturday's game and U.S.-Mexico, biggest rivalry in CONCACAF. And I think we forget that, you know, before the 90s, it wasn't really a rivalry. It was it was completely one-sided. And, and if there was a CONCACAF rivalry, it was Mexico against Costa Rica. So I think we forget that. And we forget that, that those those first 10 years, especially from, from 90 till you know, to the, the first few, few uh, years of the 90s were absolutely crucial. And, you know, it just brings it home that um, you know, that especially the U.S. side more than anything, the, the way the U.S. side gradually, bit by bit, was able to kind of, kind of almost like fishing you reeling in Mexico, reeling in Mexico, until we get to today, where you know Mexico hasn't won for the last six games. So I just think just all of it, just the whole history, and 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 especially from people who were playing, who was actually you know on the field doing it and making that history. Tom, before we we snap back into the present moment and talk about uh, Saturday's game, when you look back on the last 24 years, I like a couple of guys referenced uh, a Gold Cup matchup back in uh, in 1991 and some uh, San Jose Earthquakes fans actually posting pictures on Twitter today of uh, Dom Kinnear and John Doyle jumping each other's arms, uh, saying that they the day that Dos Acero was actually created back in, in 1991, and there were so many great stories on, on the Mexican side and matches referenced. What were some of your favorites uh, to relive with these players and ones that you have have your own personal memories of? What are your favorite additions of the USA-Mexico rivalry? Yeah, I think the, the 91 was absolutely huge. I mean, I think everybody pretty much said that it was around at that time. It was just, that was the time when Mexico kind of sat back and realized, you know what, <laughs> we've got a rivalry. We thought we were going to absolutely stroll this game and uh, and obviously Mexico lost. But um, yeah, I mean, I think personally, I mean, you look back from the Mexican point of view, the 2011 uh, Gold Cup final, and I think that you know, if, if you ask if you ask Mexico fans, that was an unbelievable moment for them in the rivalry, because you know it is equal these days, and and it was the way the United States went two 0 down, and you know, Dos Acero again. You know what I mean? It was like it seemed like it was fate that the US would hold on to that two 0 lead, and it would be another case of you know Mexico fans going home and suffering. Well, then, you know, Mexico came back and obviously the 4-2 victory was, was amazing and, and that Giovanni Dos Santos goal was really the icing on the cake for uh, from a Mexican point of view. So, yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd say 2000, 2011 was a, a top moment from uh, from my point of view. Tom, we're back at the Rose Bowl 
on Saturday to talk about the 2011 <laughs> Gold Cup final. And, and Giovanni Dos Santos uh, will not be playing uh, in this game. Uh, I think pretty pretty much uh, assured that Gio is, is going to be out injured. So there will be no Tim Howard flapping desperately at the feet of Giovanni Dos Santos. I can just see that in my mind right now. But, but back at the scene, back at the scene of that famous day in, in late June of 2011. Talk about that a little bit and how the Mexican fans are feeling. And I'm sure buying into to that type of thing a little bit of, oh, look, look where we are. I, I remember this place. All right, let's have it. Yeah, I think there's a psychological advantage for Mexico playing in the Rose Bowl. I think that, you know, I'm sure the U.S. side aren't very happy with this venue, to be honest. I know it's in the United States, but it's traditionally a real heartland for, for, for Mexico fans in, in the United States. And you know, I think we're going to see a Mexican majority. I think CONCACAF have really tried to kind of balance it up a little bit by the way they're selling the tickets. Um, but it's going to be a Mexico. Mexico's going to be like the home team. I think it's going to be probably 70, 30, maybe 80, 20 in favour of Mexico. So it's definitely an advantage to Mexico. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, Mexico have to go into this game as favourites considering the way the US have been playing recently and uh, and that and that last game for Mexico played against Argentina, which was really, I think it was a real boost of confidence to, to, to everyone um, in the Mexico national team itself. Tom, you talk about the crowd advantage uh, that you're anticipating that a, a lot of people are are anticipating, obviously, for uh, for Saturday at the Rose Bowl. The heat, something that, that a few people are, are starting to talk about, especially as all of these uh, journalists, broadcasters, and uh, television networks arrive here in Los Angeles going... 100 degrees on Saturday in Pasadena here in, in the middle of, of October. What do you think the heat favors uh, on Saturday? I don't think it's going to be 100 degrees at kickoff, but it's it's going to be a scorcher. No, yes, I think, um, I don't, I don't to be honest, believe it's going to be a massive advantage for either. I think, you know, both teams have been preparing for a whole week, which is a bit rare for international soccer. I mean, usually you only get a couple of days and then you go straight into the game. Now, the, the one thing I would say, is that Mexico haven't actually arrived yet in the area. They've been training in Mexico City, so they've actually been training at altitude, which obviously for the Mexico-based players won't matter too much. But the ones coming over from Europe, you know, I think that could could be a, a tiny advantage for Mexico. But in general, um, I, I'd say it's pretty even. I mean, uh, I don't think that he's going to gonna affect either too much. Obviously, <laughs> going into the last 20 minutes of the game, it might be a, a case of who, who can hang on. But um, I think we're going to see a really good game regardless of the... Of the weather, I think it's going to be, um, you know, I think it's going to be intense, and I think it's going to be difficult for either team to kind of control the passions and control the kind of the, the, the tactical formations and, and the, the outlook on the game that each coach might want. I think it's going to be an emotional occasion. USA have been practicing in Irvine the last couple of days. Mexico arriving in the Los Angeles area tonight. And then tomorrow is a big day over at the Rose Bowl with everybody doing their press conferences, both teams practicing at the Rose Bowl. So uh, the, the chaos in Pasadena will really start bubbling tomorrow. And then Saturday, of course, is, is the pinnacle of it all. And And looking forward to Saturday, talking about the match itself here. There's so many different 
issues on on both sides and and, and problems uh, uh, tactically for both teams. And and Mexico's coming off a very strong performance against Argentina, but Mexico have also got their own issues. USA uh, have got oh so many issues and coming off a a nasty defeat uh, in Foxborough to Brazil last month. Looking at psychologically where both of these teams are, talk a little bit about the advantages that you see for either side and what you're really looking at as key matchups in the game itself, Tom. Yeah, I think uh, an advantage for Mexico is that, you know, this this new coach coming in, the interim coach, Ricardo Ferretti, I think if you were to sum him up in one word, it would be a pragmatist. And I think what he's done is he's taken Miguel Herrera's system, the 5-3-2, and he's kind of just implemented the same the same the same way of playing really and we saw that against Argentina and I think obviously it'll make little tweaks but I think he's gonna stick with that. It's what the players know. It's what the Mexico players played in two thousand and fourteen at the World Cup. So I think that you know that that's a that's a positive for Mexico. Now Gallito Vasquez, Jose Juan Vasquez, the, the holding midfield player is out. For me it's a that's a massive disadvantage. Why? Because Michael Bradley over the last few games against United uh, against Mexico has been He's just been a thorn in the side, a constant thorn in the side to Mexico. He always seems to, you know, play his A game when it comes to when he's got Mexicans in front of him. So I think that's the absolute key to the game. Can Mexico stop Michael Bradley? Um, I think he's the United States' best player, and um, you know we'll see what plans that Tuca Ferretti's got to deal with him. Um, but yeah, I think you know you look at both teams and if you ask me my honest opinion I think player for player Mexico is stronger I mean I, I honestly think that I think they've got the better players um, but you know six games without a win against the United States Jürgen Klinsmann always finds a way and I think psychologically that's that's massive um, it, it's important but it's, it's, it's a difficult game to predict and obviously it's a rivalry um, anything can happen on the day and it's it's going to be who for me it's going to be who can control that those emotions and control that that initial urge to just absolutely fly at the opposition because you know what I mean 93,000 people on Saturday it's, it's not easy to control yourself under those conditions Tom, one of my favorite stats uh, in, and we, we talked about this uh, with, with Jeff Carlisle back on Tuesday. It's such an interesting one, and one that surprises so many people, and that is that Clint Dempsey has never scored against Mexico. And then there's a little add-on uh, uh, to this, and that is that Chicharito Hernandez, has, who scored oh so many goals for Mexico, Chicharito has never scored against the United States. If you had to place money on one of those players to score a goal on Saturday and break their own personal curse against the arch rivals, which player would it be, Tom? Would it be Deuce or would it be Chicharito? I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say Dempsey because he's definitely going to start. And what the word, what we're hearing from the Mexico camp right now is that Chicharito may not start. We think it's going to be Chicharito or Raul Jimenez. So obviously, if Chicharito's not starting, I'm, I'm, you have to go with Dempsey. But uh, yeah, I think Chicharito sometimes against the United States is almost like he's trying too hard. I mean, he's always like so desperate to score a goal, but he almost rushes the chances and stuff. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Dempsey there. How are you feeling about that? Who who would you start? Would you start Jimenez or would you have Chicharito in there? I would play both of them. I'd play Chicharito and Jimenez. Um, I mean, what we're hearing is Oribe Peralta is a definite starter. Tuca Ferretti absolutely loves him and it's in it's Peralta and one of Jimenez or Chicharito. So I mean it's a strange one because Peralta's not in the best form and obviously, you know, Chicharito is almost like the standard bearer. He is the guy still in this Mexico team. And if he's on the bench it's gonna be uh <laughs> put it this way, I don't think the fans if it is a Mexico majority 
um, fan base in, in the Rose Bowl, they won't be happy if Chicharito isn't starting. So, Tom, I just want to clarify this. You don't think, if it were up to you, if you were in Ferretti's shoes, you'd have Jimenez and Chicharito Hernandez starting this game and you'd have Uribe coming off the bench. Yeah, or, or, or definitely, I mean, it's really difficult for Mexico up front. I mean, I definitely take Chicharito. I think, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I can't believe that he's not an automatic starter considering what he's achieved with this team and, and the type of what he's done in Europe. Um, I think Vela would, should be the automatic starter, but he's, he's in awful form at the minute for Real Sociedad. He's really not playing well. He, he, he also looks slightly overweight. And the other player, and this is what people... People out there who don't know too much about the Mexican national team, the player to look out for is Tecatito Corona. I think he's going to start on the bench, but for me, he's the next superstar for the Mexican national team. Tom, can we get a prediction out of you for this game? Yeah, I'm going to go, to, I'll go 2-1. 2-1 Mexico, I think uh, it might be the, the, the day the, the rivalry turns on its head once again. Um, but, you know, all in it, and I'm just, uh, just excited for it. Well, we'll see how it goes down. And talk about flipping the rivalry back at the Rose Bowl for the first time since June 25th, 2011, that day that Mexican fans remember oh so fondly and U.S. fans remember it as the Dos Acero Fiesta for about 25, 30 minutes. And then it all went straight to hell in a handbasket. So we're back at the scene of the 2011 Gold Cup final, the first time that the USA and Mexico have gone toe-to-toe in Pasadena since that famous day. Tom Marshall, how can folks get a hold of you in the wild thing known as the Twitter sphere? Yes, I'm on, um, at Mexico World Cup. At Mexico World Cup, send him uh, all of your L3 inclined tweets. And uh, Tom, been following your work on ESPN FC, doing a fantastic job. Love the oral history and definitely be uh, looking out for more stuff on ESPN FC in the coming days. And look forward to seeing you in Pasadena on Saturday, man. Thanks a lot, Nate, and thanks very much for the, inf- in, uh, for the invitation. Very enjoyable. Absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. Again, that was Tom Marshall of ESPNSC. We're back to close this baby out on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99, and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. 
dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold, and you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800-576-1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800-576-1046. That's 800-576-1046 for your free gold IRA guide. So everybody's talking about this U.S. goalkeeper situation. Should Tim Howard just waltz back in and get the start against Mexico? Does he have the greatest personal history against Mexico, especially when you think back to that 2011 Gold Cup final in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, Brad Guzan had a pretty crap Gold Cup, and everybody remembers the embarrassment in the Jamaica game and the handball and, and all that stuff, carrying the thing outside the box. Who's going to start? Guzan, Howard, Guzan, Howard, the pros and cons of Howard or Guzan. I'll tell you who should start for the USA. A man who I... On an outdoor screen in North Hollywood last night for a beautiful, in a beautiful showing, by the way, a victory. Great film from 1981. You know who I'm talking about. U.S. goalkeeper against Mexico on Saturday. Sly Stallone, baby. Get Sylvester in goal for the USA. Stallone will keep the clean sheet. Stallone will get the shutout. USA, Mexico. I want Stallone in goal. Victoire! Victoire! For our fantastic guest today, Cesar Hernandez. Tom Marshall, both of ESPN FC, for the gaffer, Chris Harris, for the producer, Scott Cuddy, back in San Francisco, and the fantastic, beautiful Irishman here at the Small House Studios in Hollywood, California. My name is Nate Abarea. It's going to be a wild one tomorrow. We're coming to you live from the Rose Bowl, press conferences, USA and Mexico practices, all sorts of wildness over there in Pasadena tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Till then, bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.